Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the OysterCast. My name is Ron Cowie, and Alex and I recorded ourselves talking by the pedestrian bridge in Providence, Rhode Island on a beautiful spring evening, and we were just kind of stretching the boundaries of things because we were talking about what it means to be a professional, and... I wanted to kind of shake things up a little bit and be in the environment, and so we, that's where we had our conversation. Take a listen. All right. Welcome to the OysterCast. My name is Ron Cowie. And I'm Alex Boudelier. And tonight we're going to be talking about what is professional, what is not, what used to be considered professional, what is, I don't know. I, I'm confused these days because it, I think the word gets kicked around a lot, and so we're going to break it down and have some fun. I'll begin because I have thoughts. Go ahead. All right. I went to a professional photo school, and what they said is that a professional is someone who earns their living doing photography. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not a hobby. You are not a professional photographer unless that's what's on your tax ID. Yeah. Completely different world, though. Right. Than it is now. And I graduated from there and I started an apprenticeship program, which is assisting. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because photography and videography, if we want to extrapolate, is, is a trade. It's not like carpentry, but it's a trade that there is a long history of how you learn what to do. And it's, you learn by sweeping the floor of the studio, coiling up all the cords at the end of the day, getting coffee and all that stuff, and you know, kind of working your way up the assisting chain to first assistant, where you know, you're the one going on location, setting up the lights and marking all the film and all that stuff. That's all changed because there are different job roles, but also you don't need to go to school for that. You can buy, a, you can buy the technology, you can buy a great camera, watch a couple of videos on YouTube, and you're you're off to the races right and it's and i can't say that that necessarily produces bad work because it it doesn't well there are plenty of people who get paid for work that a lot of that others would say they don't deserve yes no that's absolutely true and that that could be a bad professional that has ever been the case but nowadays, it seems like the titles really, this, this isn't just exclusive to videography. This is, you know, everything. I'm a writer. Right. I'm a published author. I have a blog. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, I could say, yes, I'm a published author because I have published my blog. I have a few columns or a few things that I wrote for Medium. I'm yep. a published author. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I've written a few things. I've done a brain dump or two, and I've put it online. There was no vetting process, you know, that, I mean, and that's the beauty, I think also of now, is a lot of voices can be heard that just weren't. And as kind of an old, do, older dude, you know, who's seen my place at the table get smaller and smaller, you know, I can go two ways about it. I can be like, this is all bull crap and stupid and look at all you and be kind of a cranky, bleeding deacon, or I can kind of go to the elder statesman point of view and say, this is awesome. And I do think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the reasons why we're working together is because it was like, it's a lot of fun to not have to compete. Right. You know, and to learn how to collaborate, especially with someone who, you you know more stuff about 
stuff than I do. Well, I've always said that we've complimented each other because you've been doing this for 20 years-ish. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, so and you assisted. You went to school. You know, you you have the film background. A lot more patience than I do, and more experience networking, where I you know kind of jumped into it when I was 20 years old, and yeah, you know, I naturally grew up around technology. So mm-hmm. anything gear, anything computers, anything techie, you know, I usually jump at the opportunity to play with it. And it just you know we weren't we were competing for the same clients, but for like different reasons yeah and it was a small town so why and it was really boring yeah to not I mean I've had more fun playing and so being able to like recognizing that like you know I'm at this different phase in my career or just in my life and the way that you've come up and the work that you do you're completely self-taught yeah I, I am I am the I'm represent that community that you started out with. Yeah. And, you know, it's like that. And so I can't make an argument that that's necessarily, that, that that's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't because we're sitting here. Right. Well, and I, I was watching a video. It was a sort of panel discussion. I forget the name of the organization. It was like ICA or something. It was this an international colorist mm-hmm. organization. And they were talking about how do you... Like, how do you charge for your work? How do you get out and mm-hmm. charge for your work? And, and they started out with a couple questions. Is like, how do you differentiate yourself? And, you know, all the standard, like, get to know each other kind of questions. And they went around the virtual room. And everybody kind of said, was like, okay, well, you need the eye, mm-hmm. right? Like, you need to be able to say, you know, be able to match two different shots when you're color grading, for example. Or, you know, if you're a photographer or videographer, like, you need to be able to compose a good image mm-hmm. or good enough or whatever yeah. like you need to know how to press the right buttons you know whether it's YouTube or school or whatever but that's like the that's that's just the barrier to entry yeah right you know that's the cost of doing business you know that's that's just the you know door fee right but knowing how to talk to your clients you know having a customer service being flexible as a vendor, as a freelancer, you know, all of these other reasons that make you a good business person, a good person, mm-hmm. being, being likable was brought up, yeah. right? Like if you're just, uh, you know, a pain in the be around, then no one's gonna wanna hire you and you can be really good at what you do, but be very unprofessional about it. Yes. So I think being professional is, it's a lot of things. It's, it's a mindset, yes. first and foremost, right? Like. Anyone can say, you know, put professional on their business card, mm-hmm. and that you know, that if it means something to them, it can mean something to everybody else. When I was first starting out, I was listening to a, a Chase Jarvis thing, and he said, you know, if you want to be a photographer, like when you're going to family functions or friends or parties or whatever, people ask you what you do, don't say like, oh, I flip burgers at mm-hmm. whatever. It's like I'm a photographer. Yeah. It doesn't matter if that's not what you do full time. It's like that's that's your identity. That's what you. Yeah. That's what you are. And I've noticed that too when, we, when I see a lot of people who are just like, oh, I really want to get into this professionally. I saw this on Reddit the other day. Someone was asking for a, a portfolio critique, and they're like, I don't know if I'm good enough to quit my full time job. You know, it's. I know I've got a lot of work to do. You know, my website's not that great. And I went to their site, and it was stunning. Hmm. It was like, you know, I've been looking through 
plenty of venues and DJs and other wedding vendors recently, and this person easily would have been like up there with the most expensive people. Like incredibly talented, their website was flawless. And I, I wrote so in the comments, I was just like, you just need to think about it. Like mm -hmm. you clearly are producing professional tier results. Yeah. But you just need to internalize that, recognize that, and then just tell people that you are a professional photographer. Yeah. And overnight, you know, that that is one of those things. You know, everyone says like, oh, it can't happen overnight, but like that's one of those things that kind of can't. You know, anyone can play it safe, mm -hmm. take senior photos on the weekends. Yeah. You know, go to their kids' baseball game and take pictures for that and send it out to the other parents. Like that's, you know, anyone can not not everyone, but yeah. like. Anyone who has a few thousand dollars in their pocket can go out and buy a nice camera or mm -hmm. their phone and you know take good pictures, be a good artist. But you know, being able to take the risk, you know, doing it full time, you know, asking the hard questions. I don't say cold calling, because that's not for everybody. I hate cold calling personally. But just putting yourself out there. Yeah. That can be you know, that's that's the that's a big difference. Well, and I remember portfolio, you know, portfolio reviews, you know, and you go, I mean, the fine art tier is kind of interesting. You go to these portfolio reviews and you're networking and it's like you got 20 minutes and you got to show your stuff. But the, the issue that ultimately kind of bumped back into is who's got the hustle. And, and what is exciting and what it, I think is very democratic, because before, you know, when I was coming up, you worked with a photographer, and once you got to a certain level or certain photographers, then you got a crack at their Rolodex. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, it, was, it was assumed that you were probably going to, you're in this to become a professional photographer, and who you assisted with really did matter, because that was kind of like the club. Right. You know, and if you were assisting for, you know, photographer X, and they were known for sports photography, you're going to get plugged into certain things because that once you get to a level, then it kind of is like, okay, yeah, you're my first assistant, but you got to kind of go. After a while, you got to break out on your own. Right. And I can either like give you my blessing, or this can get ugly. Mm -hmm. And that that was the way it was. But now, and it's not to say that you shouldn't learn your trade. You know, but now you can learn your trade sitting in front of your computer, which I think you learn by doing, but right. if you're inspired to do it by watching it, and then you upload your results, I think that's amazing. And it opens the door for a lot of people who, when I was, when I was your age, I didn't think this was available to me. Right. I, I, it really wasn't in a lot of ways because it just was so, you had to go to school. You had to get, like getting plugged into that network. There was a lot of gatekeepers, and it was and very expensive, mm -hmm. you know. And the fact that I remember when we were working for Classical, and that the the kid who was doing great work, he was killing it. And it's like it was exciting to see this sophomore who's still doing it. By the right. way, he had the same gear we did. Yeah. And like, okay, you know, he, a few pointers here and there, you know, I mean, but 14 years old and pumping out some very polished stuff and has a vision. 
Well, and uh, so that's that's the the kicker, though, right? Like we see tons of work out there that, as, as you you like to say, you know, has a lot of sizzle but no steak. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's another qualifier, and but I guess it's up to if the client likes it, then who cares? Yeah. Right. And I think this is and this is a whole other discussion about the nature of how we consume media nowadays. The, the bar has been lowered because it's mm-hmm. been oversaturated. Yeah. And maybe saying people don't care is is overgeneralizing, but I've heard interviews with wedding photographers, I mean, I'm sure you know this all too well, back in the day, the reveal to the couple oh, yeah. was the, the best part. Oh yeah. You know, not only did you get to you know, show them what they looked like on their day for the first time, mm-hmm. but it was just like a very intimate moment. Yeah. And now you don't get that anymore. No. Because you've got Aunt Sally with her yep. iPad in the aisle taking pictures, or a niece who actually I I can't even point fingers because I did exactly this. You know, I brought my dad's rebel to my uncle's wedding mm-hmm. and started shooting weddings after that. Yeah. And granted, I liked my pictures better than the guy they hired and, and the guy they hired didn't really seem invested. But yeah, yeah that's now that magic is gone because yeah. you get that instant gratification. So yeah. because everything's been oversaturated and the barrier of entry has been lowered, you know, you don't need to spend hours in the dark room. You could just take something with your phone, slap a filter on it, and yeah. upload it, and you know, hashtag professional. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot more layers that go into it with the story, the vision, the mm-hmm. why, the you know, every little element matters. And you know, even now, when people ask, like, is there such thing as a professional? X anymore. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Photographer, videographer. Side note, back when you know, several years ago, the CEO of Yahoo, who owns mm-hmm. Flickr, they like did something. They changed something to their like Flickr Pro plan or something, and it, the, she came out and said something like, "Well, there's no such thing as a professional photographer anymore, so therefore we're making this change." Yeah. And it was this whole big hullabaloo. Mm-hmm. And you know, look at look at the difference between the kid with the A7S II in a gimbal running around we, we just saw one over there against big agencies yeah you know you've got there's half a dozen here in providence you hire people like them or people like us because you're gonna get that special treatment you're gonna get flexibility while you're talking i was thinking it's like the difference between someone who really likes to cook and is a very good cook a home cook and a chef who owns a restaurant. Like, I, I like to cook, I make good food. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to run a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't know if you watch Binging with Babish at all. No. On YouTube, you should, you should check it out. It's a cooking channel, mm-hmm. if you didn't know. And there's this one episode, he goes into his buddy's restaurant and has to work the line for, I think, a full hour. and. His YouTube channel is generally really polished. It's really nice. He's got, you know, nice equipment. He's got the great voiceover. Like yep. everything's great. And then you put him in the kitchen, and admittedly, he's just floundering. And you know, getting orders wrong, getting substitutions wrong. You know, he's yeah. not doing it fast enough, or he's focusing on the wrong things. Oh yeah. And he's not. And yeah, you know, I, I love that analogy because it's showing up every day and it's producing. Yeah. The, the, I don't want to say the exact same product because in creativity that doesn't work, but 
the right product for the job. Yeah. When I was assisting advertising photographers, I think about Michael Warren, who is a photographer, worked, I learned how to work by working with him. Mm -hmm. uh, very talented photographer, just left everything out on the field. And one of the things that I remember is that he was an assistant as well. And he said, you know, everything that I'm asking anyone to do, I've done and I will do. I have, I have two stories, mm -hmm. no, no, not really stories, but one of them, have you ever followed David Hobby's Strobist blog? Nope. Highly <laughs> recommend it. Put it in the show notes. I will. So just as a quick recap, if you haven't heard of him, uh, he's a photographer who did a lot of newspaper work or mm -hmm. news work you know, many years ago. If you just search Strobist, okay. he'll come up. All right. And he has hundreds of articles talking about, it's mostly off-camera flash stuff. Uh -huh. And one series in particular, he talked about like how I shot it. Mm -hmm. And he would, he would go through, you know, showing up to a gig, he's like, okay, I have to, I have to photograph this person. I showed up an hour early. I had nothing to work with. Mm -hmm. I had two small stands, a couple strobes, and some gels. Yep. And he kind of walked through everything. He's like, I know that this person, you know, they're a busy CEO. They have, you know, they are, it was already hard enough to schedule this. So I have three minutes to get a picture mm -hmm. and it needs to be perfect. I got one frame and that's it. Yep. You know, relatively. And it would just be like, we just walk everything, walk you through his entire thought process. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting to see like how many variables he was taught thinking about. Cause you can easily, and I've, I've worked with people who I won't bring on a job as assistant because I know if you put them in a stressful situation, they just freeze. Yeah. And you know, you need, to be balancing all of those different things, being respectful of people's time, you know, understanding, you don't always need to know about all the money part of it, but it's helpful yeah. to know. You know, I've worked on plenty of gigs where I don't need to know how much money's on the table, but it does, you know, it's helpful to know sometimes. Yeah. And then there's all the other things that go into it. So that's the first thing that kind of illustrated like, okay, he's got one camera, he's got two flashes, two stands, and that's it. But he's being incredibly professional in his thought, in his process. Yeah. The second one was something very similar. Chase Jarvis has a blog about this, and we can post that as well, where he was on a lifestyle product shoot for a surf company. Mm -hmm. They had flown out to wherever they were. You know, they had the, the, the model, they had catering, they were putting everybody up in hotels, they had his staff, and they were there for, you know, the entire day. And he could, he, at the end of the day, sun was going down just like it is now. Yep. And did not get the shot. Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I don't know what the factors were. It was just, you know, it was a, it was a bad, hazy day. You know, the, the conditions weren't what everything needed to be to get the shot that he had envisioned. And it just hadn't come together. And he was like, if I don't get the shot, I'm going to cost the client another $15,000 by putting everybody up for an additional night, like mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And the moral of his story was, you know, don't give up. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't let that drag you down. As the model was walking back in from the, the waves, holding the his surfboard under one hand, he grabbed the shot and that's what they used. There you go. So saved the day a little bit. Mm -hmm. but. 
it's just like knowing all, having to deal with all that pressure, being yeah. able to deliver, being able to perform, mm -hmm. given all of the other factors, you know, whether it's just you or it's a whole team or whatever, you know, it's really important. I think we're in, like, this is a great time to be a photographer and a videographer. And calling yourself professional, when you put a number next to the work that you plan to do, that reflects being able to support yourself doing it, mm -hmm. that means I take myself seriously. And, that, and, I, and we do, and we take our work very seriously, you know, and people take our work seriously. You know, but it's still, there, there's all, I think imposter syndrome is not unique to our field. It's everyone. I definitely, I know the whole yeah, imposter syndrome thing way too well. <laughs> the, the point being that if you, it, it's like, it's okay to have confidence in yourself and that you, you need it. I mean, we're, we're out here and we're taking some chances. We're kind of on, I, I, I threw a spike in things. It's like, let's go out and just lavalier mics and mm -hmm. on location and to hell with it. Oh, I'm telling you, I want to get those nice director's chairs. I, I think we should. I think that's a great idea. That would that would be a look. That would be yeah. we should get three and have special guests. Absolutely. But the it's picking up the phone and booking people and saying this is you know this is how much it costs to do what we do. You know, and I used to just trade my my services for a claim. You know, I just want you to like me. So I will do something that I'm really good at and I won't do it for much because I just want to I want you to like me. Right. Okay. Was that evil? No, but would they have liked me anyways? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and so, you know, what, what did I really achieve? And, you know. Well, that I, can be valuable too, though. And I know for me, like, I'm happy. If, if I think your work is good, if I think that, you know, you put the time in and I respect you, I want to pay what you ask. And the reason why is because that's that's how we show appreciation for work. Right. You know, I mean that it, money is money is neutral. Mm -hmm. Money doesn't care. You know, I use it to show people how I appreciate their time and their energy and their abilities. You know, and some people they don't do that, but that's not me. That our business is kind of built on not necessarily how much money can we make. We are professional, we have professional values. We, we do not put crap into the world. And we take our work seriously and we love what we do. But it's also about making it so we can work with each other. Because there are a lot of people who are just, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time and energy for like the videos about maximizing your profits. And, right. and maybe it's my issues around money, you know, and, and it's useful information. But well, it's, you know, they're all, like Gary Vee is a good example of someone who, you know, he has a very specific audience that he's targeting. Yeah. And if you're not it, then it's easy to be like, okay, he's just loud and obnoxious, but that's because he's not for us. Yeah. You know, he, he's reaching towards a specific target audience and he does that really, really well. Yeah. And I, I think, People who are, you know, today, if you want to call yourself a professional, go for it. I mean, when you think about every movie that you have seen against a, any movie that you have seen, for the most part, was done by some professional. 
in some way. I mean, very rarely. Like people were paid to, if you're, if you are watching a movie, there's a very good chance that people who made that movie got paid to do it. They right. may have lost money, you know, whatever. That they were, they were people who were seriously trying to make something great. And, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I have to kind of make peace with the way things are and see things as, as really excited. And I'm hopeful. It is exciting to be working today now with what we have because you shouldn't have to like, yeah. you know. Well, and I think it's, I mean, there's so many platforms out there now, whether it's, you know, TikTok or there's always the other one I keep forgetting, but you know, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, that's the one I keep forgetting. You know, there's so many ways, so many opportunities mm -hmm. to be creative and, and just create and market yourself if that's you know how you want to take it. A lot of people will, you know, are totally content with just making art for the sake of making art. Yeah. Um, and that's, I admire that. You know, you, you even re reminded me of this last week. Like, you don't have to reach everybody. Yeah. You know, you reach, you reach your thousand true fans and that's mm -hmm. it yeah and they will go to the end of the earth for you and mm -hmm. and that's who you want to seek out i have a friend who who does exactly that he does concert and nightclub photography and you know the, this past year it's been a little slow yeah i imagine but he has a very close following on instagram mm -hmm. you now he's got a few thousand followers but there's all it's always the same group of people that are commenting and liking yeah. and he's interacting with them stories and you know i don't know if they're his you know, close friends or just people who work at the club or other creators, but it kind of doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, he's always posting, like, new pictures are coming out tomorrow, like, stay tuned. Like, there's clearly a people, there's a reason why he's doing that. Yeah. And, you know, that is more effective than, you know, people who aren't doing that yeah. in, in his circles. So when you say I'm a professional, what that's saying is I'm holding myself to a certain standard. Yeah. That can mean a lot of things, but ultimately it's what standards do you have? And if you're having standards that say, look, I, I want this work to be around longer than me, or at least I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the best job that I can with, with it. Every job, like that to me is professional standards. You, you put everything you can, could to make it as good as you can, period. And if that's, if that's what you're doing, if, that, if that's the level of effort, I'm gonna take you seriously. If you're phoning it in, whether you're getting paid tons of money or not, it's like, I don't have any energy for that. It, it actually drains energy from me. If you're taking my audience, my attention for granted as a creator in any medium, I don't have time for you. Right. And, so, and that's unprofessional behavior. Mm -hmm. You close it out. We're losing the light. I, I mean, I was just thinking like that's a great way to, <laughs> great way to wrap it up. And yeah, there's the saying, you know, fake it till you make it, but just just make it until yeah. you make it and yeah just, just <laughs> try not to fake I mean and you can go both ways on that but like just do it yeah and no, make, be make. professional don't just act professional like just yeah. do it yeah I agree well I'm glad we had this conversation yeah I should have brought a jacket but this was fun yeah well you can go get some cocoa now with the marshmallows yep. do you like marshmallows in your cocoa yeah alright yeah I haven't had them in a really long time do but, you make your own hot chocolate? Yeah, absolutely. That's like a whole game changer. I, I remember having that for the first time and be like, where have I been? Mm -hmm. 
Because I grew up in the 70s and 80s where it was like Swiss Miss. Oh, yeah. When Which, I had, you know, we still have in the house. Yeah. But I remember the first time you brought, we went to a shoot or something, and you brought a big carafe from Sweet Cakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of their, like, super creamy yep. hot chocolate. And I was like, is this just Coke? Like, what yeah. is it? Like, it's so good. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so, it's like well, a hot chocolate was crack. That would be it. Yep. And on that note, this has been the OysterCast. Thank you very much for listening. It's a beautiful night. Downtown Providence, that's the pedestrian bridge. This is not downtown Providence. This is, we're in Providence. Yeah. Rocking the 401. Yeah. Downtown's right there. Yes. All right. Peace and love, everyone. See you next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to the OysterCast. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our show and you'll never miss an episode. We're on every platform that you can listen to a podcast with. And if you want more information, you can go to our website at The Oyster Farm and click on podcast and there will be ways to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. Have a great day. Listen to us next week.